1: You're listening to episode 82, brought to you by FabFitFun and Lola. For $10 off your first box of FabFitFun, just go to FabFitFun.com and enter the code LOVELY. And for 40% off all subscriptions of Lola, visit MyLola.com and enter the code LOVELY. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. I am so excited for this episode to be bringing you guys someone fairly new to me. I just met her this summer at a little conference that we both spoke at, and it's E.B. Hepworth. She is so much fun, you guys. She's got such a passion for the Lord and has been doing amazing things. Like... I don't know how she does it all, and so it's going to be really fun to be able to share this episode with you guys and hear how she views life and how she is doing all these things that the Lord puts in front of her. But before we get there, I do have to make a little plug for the same page, you guys, because it's really doing well. So many families are loving it, and I want you to hear in their words, not mine, what they have to say about it. So I want to read you a little review from iTunes from Langanol, or however she pronounces her name on iTunes. The title is simply lovely. Okay, remember, these are her words, not mine. The same page has made a world of difference in our morning time. I'm able to sip a cup of coffee while spending quality time with my kids. We're all able to work on memory work, listen to Shakespeare, Bible passages, and of course, Mackenzie's wonderful reading. My daughter runs down the hall begging for the next chapter every morning and actually cried last weekend when she realized she had to wait until Monday. The same page has become an instant family favorite and the timeless quality of content chosen means we could come back time and again and still be able to enjoy the content wonderfully done. You guys, this is it. This is exactly what we were hoping for. We wanted it to become a staple in families, something that people can gather around and really take the pressure off mom to have to be delivering the content herself. You guys, I really hope that you're able to hop over and listen to the same page and make it a part of your mornings or any time in your day that you want to as well. You can find it at the same page, podcast.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, you know, all the good places. And hey, while you're there, you could go ahead and leave a review and leave a review for this show as well, because you guys are really my marketing team. You are how I get the word out on stuff. So if you feel like you want to be sharing stuff with your friends, I so appreciate it. I just really don't know what I would do without the word of mouth that you guys spread. So thank you for doing that. And I hope you enjoy this show and the same page just as much. All right. That's enough of my jibber jabber. Here's Evie. Welcome, Evie. Hello. I am so excited to have you here today because I finally get to chat with you.
2: Yes, long overdue.
1: Yes, we both spoke at a conference this summer and so we heard each other speak but didn't actually get to speak to each other, (laughs) so. Yeah, that was a bummer. I know, I'm so glad to finally be able to connect and chat with you because I think you've got a pretty amazing story. But if people aren't familiar with you, would you introduce yourself?
2: Yes. Hello, everybody. My name is E.B. Hepworth. E as in Edward, B as in boy, I-E. And Starbucks can never get it spelled right. Uh, It's short for Elizabeth. And I live in Boise, Idaho. I am 26 years old, just a little tiny baby. I have a mother of two. Um, I've been married to my husband almost four years this October. And yeah. Yeah. you've got but it that all
1: sounds like very regular until
0: yes. <laughs> you dive
1: into it because there's yes. so much more than that so yeah you know you call your okay first of all I just I do have to say I was cracking up at the conference because you really oh embrace your millennialism <laughs> and, oh I'm
2: such a millennial <laughs> yeah
1: and I was talking with Haley Morgan the other day do you know who she is Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was having her on the show and we were talking about how we are like elder millennials. Like totally. we're, we're totally. The, at the very very cusp of when the whole millennial thing started hey, and a we... millennial
2: is a millennial. No, no. <laughs>
1: Don't no! See, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is so funny. We're both like we have to like say, well, we are we're elder millennials, we came in at the beginning, like we we constantly feel this need to like justify sure. our millennialism. <laughs> like we're not we're not like full on yes. millennials, like maybe there's like this intermediate little like generation in there yeah, that we actually, actually I belong right. to. But then yeah. there's like you at twenty six, and I see this kind of across the board, you guys are like owning it. We are millennials and oh, proud yeah. of it. So, yes. I admire you
2: for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I actually just preached at a conference that was for millennials specifically. And, so um, it was really funny because it was like, if you're, um, like 36, then you're not a millennial, but if you're 34, you are, no. <laughs> you know, and it was like, they were, it was like the limit of who could buy tickets and who couldn't. It was so funny, That's but hilarious. yeah, I think you're right. I think there are stages of millennials for sure. And I think that like 20, like right now, 26 to 30 is kind of like the stigma millennial Yeah. yeah. Like coffee shop, extra foam take a photo of it and then drink it. Yeah, kind of millennial. And
1: like, what (laughs) age were you when you got your first cell phone?
2: Oh, see, my dad was super old school. I couldn't, um, well, so I guess, let's see my freshman year of high school. So like 13. Okay. And was it a smartphone? It was not. It was a little T-Mobile brick phone.
1: Okay. Because I was 16 and it was a okay. Motorola something or other.
2: And the one then, that you play Snake on?
1: I don't <laughs> even think I could play a game on it. Like, it was that, oh my gosh. that bad and huge and heavy and I could only have with it somebody- in the car. Like, I would have never <laughs> dreamed of having my phone, like, with me in school. Like, what? No. Oh, yeah. No one would ever do that. You know, so, Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's my millennialism, but it is funny because, okay. you know, I'm a voiceover artist and whenever they put, need a millennial sound, it's like, oh, I'm a shoe in <laughs> so I do know oh, how to do so the millennial voice <laughs> and people are always like, what? You have four kids? Like you sound like you're 20. Totally. So I'm like, yeah. well, as long as I can pull it off for your commercial, that's all that matters. Totally. Yeah, for sure. I love that. <laughs> so... Other than being a millennial, though, you are quite the mover and the shaker. You've done some pretty amazing things in your 26 years. So do you want to just kind of talk about what your professional life has looked like?
2: Yes. So five years ago, a little more than five years ago, I helped um, ignite a ministry called Wipe Every Tear. And I was, um, it was my first year out of college and I just knew I, you know, typical millennial, like, (laughs) you know, follow your dreams. You don't have to work kind (laughs) of, and I knew I wanted to go into ministry and nobody really gets into ministry for the money. Um, so long story short, I uh, felt God lead me to help start this ministry called wipe every tear and it rescues girls from human trafficking in the Philippines. And so I was the first US employee, I was 21 years old, or 22, I just turned 22. And um, it was just a total, total step into faith. And I just raised 100% of my support. And it was like such a faith journey. So I would go back to the Philippines. And then we eventually started Safe Homes in Thailand. And my position was basically... Uh, it sounds like this very sexy thing like oh you are rescuing girls from human trafficking like what does your day look like and it was like oh sometimes i take out the trash or clean the toilet and other days i get to share or lead missions trips but there's no like when you're in ministry you're wearing every hat yeah and so <laughs> you're like oh yeah i write the emails but then i also you know do the fundraising or whatever yeah. so the about 5 years you know we rescued hundreds of girls. Um, wow. What's so special about Life every year was that we're really committed to girls through the long journey. So yeah. um, obviously education is a huge part of making sure that girls are able to get jobs and transition into the world. Uh, when they're rescued. And so what's really rare is a lot of ministries um, will teach them a trade, which is really, really wonderful. But something that's rare about Wipe Every Tear is that we ask, like we encourage every single girl to dream. And then we're fully committed to them to be able to make sure that they're continue through college. And a lot of girls are trafficked at a very young age. So a lot of them have like second grade level. So you're committing to being with them for, you know, five to eight years on average. And so it's a really hard um, strategy because it's expensive to be able to fund girls for that long. And not only that, but then through college, but that's what's so rare, but like every tier is they're really fully committed to like dreaming, dreaming with girls rather than saying, this is what you can do. We say you can do anything. How can we come alongside you? Yeah. And so, um, I've just honestly had a front row seat to redemption for five years and it was just my dream. I've always been called to, um, or just once I dedicated my life to Lord in college, I was like, I just love, the disenfranchised and the broken and the, cause if there's anyone broken, it's me. Like I, I can just relate to them. I'm like, if there's anybody more, you know, walking in hurt or whatever, I'm like this, it's your girl right here. She may look like she's got it all together, but it's a hot mess. So, um, I've just, I, I relate to so many, yeah. um, of the girls that we've connected with just because I'm like, I get it. And it's, uh, it's a journey to healing and wholeness. And so yeah. anyways, it's just been, uh, it was amazing. And, when you are trafficked often, um, in the U S or anywhere, uh, when you're an orphan or if you're in the foster care system or whatever, you have a huge target on your back because you're quote unquote unwanted. You know, you, mm-hmm. when you're an orphan yeah. in a third world country, when you age out of the system, then you're on the streets and then traffickers will prey on obviously the vulnerability, yeah. uh, the vulnerable. So, um, my husband and I have always wanted to adopt since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to adopt. And so Long story short, we decided to adopt and uh, we really knew that since we had a heart for the nations, we wanted our first adoptions to be um, international and we just felt the Lord taking us to Africa. And so that's a whole nother story I'd love to share. But um, since I'm talking about my professional career, um, just earlier this May, uh, I never thought I would transition out of Wipe Every Tear. It really was my heartbeat. Um, it mm-hmm. just, I, it's like I could have done it in my sleep. I had just got it down to, you know, kind of like just routine. And it was really the most rewarding job I've ever been a part of. But while I was in Africa living there with my husband to adopt our kids, I felt God invite me and really like challenge me. Like, you know, like, Hey, I want to take you on an adventure. I want to take you into building something new with me. And it would have been really easy and comfortable with all the transitions and craziness of life to say, "Well, maybe in a couple years." But I just really felt this urgency from the Lord, and so now I'm on this new adventure, very, very fresh. Yeah. I'm still like in the embryonic phase, but uh, basically, it is a a new nonprofit, and it's basically um, the mission statement is creating, cultivating a movement of women unhindered by fear. And um, not only is it going to be a social justice um, like vision and we're going to make sure that we come alongside international uh, justice initiatives but it's also going to be create a, kind of a like a way for moms whether you're wherever you're at internationally or U.S. or whatever to be able to fight human trafficking from their home and what that looks like and how you can treat t- train your kids and uh, like raising up you know like how can you come alongside people on the other side of the world yeah. practically and so that's one aspect of it and there's going to be podcasts and YouTube channels and conferences and uh, a lot of vision for it but like anyone who starts something new, yeah. there's so many that go, I mean, I know, you know, there's just so much going into these kinds of things. So when you have so much vision and you're like, Oh, wait a minute, I need money to accomplish this. Yeah. <laughs> like how do all these organizations all over the world get all their capital, you know? So, yeah. uh, you know, kingdom vision always requires kingdom strategy. So, and I'm just in the season of honestly asking the Lord for kingdom strategy of how is this you know, I know that this is for you. This is not my own personal egotistical, like project of trying to create this little, you know, palace of my own fame or anything. It's like, I know that this was breathed by God. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just trying to breathe and be as patient as I can. Of course, we want overnight success, but this something like this is going to be a, you know, a a process to say the least. So Yeah. yeah, as far as ministry, you know, and I travel and I speak and that's, um, something that I just don't ever take lightly. It's such a gift to be able to mm-hmm. uh, pour into women's lives. And I know you know that. And I just often, I, I always am sharing from the place of like, if anyone ever thinks I have it all together, just because I'm holding this microphone, please do not be deceived. I have the same insecurities. I have the same, yes, God's yeah. given me some things that I would love to breathe into you guys. And I hope it encourages you, but please never underestimate like yeah. my humanity so
1: anyway ladies one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast is back this month and that is fab fit fun you guys I love FabFitFun, I love getting my box in the mail and having it customized for me and being so pretty, but their fall box is available now. They sell out so fast, so you're going to want to make sure you get in on it before they are gone. And if you're not sure what I'm even talking about, then let me tell you. Because FabFitFun is a seasonal box, so it arrives four times a year at your door in its pretty little packaging, and it has full size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products their fall box is so wonderful it has products like a vegan leather vince Camuto tote a teapot or coffee press i got the coffee press i'm very excited about it because i'm going to make cold brew coffee and tea and all kinds of things in it There's glam glow bubble masks, a beauty blender, and that's just the beginning of it. I got a really cute little umbrella that I cannot wait to use. It was like they knew I needed an umbrella to be walking my kids to school every morning. I was just so thrilled with everything that was in there. I got pro makeup brushes. It's just so well thought out. They get such high quality products. I am never disappointed. I love being able to have this treat because as moms we often don't treat ourselves we put ourselves on the back burner and to know that you have this beautiful box where every detail has been picked out perfectly and you can even customize some of the things that you're getting in your box and to know you're getting that four times a year it's kind of like that future gift you can give to yourself something to look forward to so if you want to get a fabfitfun box get in on this fall box before it's all gone then make sure that you go to fabfitfun.com and use the code LOVELY so you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use the code LOVELY to get $10 off your first box. You deserve to treat yourself. I think that's one of the fun things, honestly, about Insta Stories, more so than even Instagram, because it's harder to fake it. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. easier to show like those little moments of, realness with kids being crazy and you know like real hardcore life I loved when your daughter was wearing the mittens oh my gosh
2: always yeah she's wearing them right now and she can't figure out the ipad and it's (laughs) hysterical I'm like you have to take the mittens off for the ipad she's like okay then I guess I won't (laughs) click the ipad I'm like well that's one
1: way to do it I guess (laughs) yeah she's committed oh she is that's so great I I love that she is that way so so you are doing all that, but then also I, I want to get to the adoption thing because I think that's pretty yes. amazing, but yes, fearless favorite. girl. So that yes. has come in kind of with the professional stuff too. What is that? How yes. did that all come to be? Is that part of yep what you're doing now or the book? Yep. Like tell me all the yep. things.
2: Yes. All the things. So basically I have this amazing friend in Southern California um, you know, sometimes you meet people in ministry or through social media or something. Somehow you get connected with these people and you meet them and you're like, you're either gonna be my greatest rival or my closest friend. <laughs> yes. Because you are way too powerful to like not be somehow intersected with and yeah. this girl, her name is Esther, she is incredible. I was just totally intimidated by her strength, everything. Long story short, a lot of people kept saying, You need to meet each other. And so she had originally started for this girl years ago as a surf ministry of just connecting with the girls on the waves and just sharing the gospel and it was amazing. And so um a couple of years ago we were in the adoption process actually and we had just gotten matched with our babies and I had I was in Southern California so my husband and I met her for breakfast and we had told her, "Yeah, like we're going to be parents to two kids. Nobody knows that you're like top first five people to know and wow. Uh, in that breakfast, she looked at me and was like, what's the call on your life? Like, what are the dreams you want to do? And I said, you know, I honestly, I want to serve broken women. uh, And sometimes that looks is going to look through the avenue of, you know, human trafficking victims. And sometimes that's just going to look like the mom that's at home that feels lonely, like just broken women in general. That's what I'm called to. And and I really want to write. I love to write Sometimes I even hide behind my words, almost prefer writing over speaking. It's like easier to, you know, create this beautiful poem versus like (laughs) grab a microphone and, you know, come across like with a ton of swag. Yeah, you can um, edit yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Hone it in
1: until it's perfect.
2: Yeah, you don't see hives or like itchy feet for words. But when you grab a microphone, you're like, oh my gosh. But um, anyway, so she looked at me and she's like, what is the call in your life? I said, I really want to write. and I don't know what that looks like, whether it be on the like on women's hearts across a coffee table or whether it be through a book, but I know that God wants me to write. And so a couple of days goes by and she called me and um, she's like, God told me that my, my role in your life is to hold you accountable to the dreams in your life. So I want you to write a book with me. I want to do a devotional. I want you to help me write it. So long story short, uh, the next four months, we just like, and I had no idea, like writing, like the whole, so we wrote a devotional and we eventually published it the next year, but it was basically an accident. I thought this was just something that she was just being, you know, diligent with trying to pull me out into my, out of my comfort zone and actually do something. But uh, what God was actually behind the scenes doing is building this whole new vision for this ministry that was already there but just a whole new vision and strategy so that was two years ago we actually published the book the day that we arrived in Africa wow it was just crazy yeah and so it's honestly always been just um, the heart behind it is just for girls to remember like fear I'm not trying to create this fearless generation of women like I'm not I don't want people to understand the definition of fearless means like riding a wave or climbing a mountain or whatever I want people to understand. That your greatest adventure of life is going to be to pursue a fearless God. And mm-hmm. when you're, you know, obviously we know like perfect love casts out fear. And so there are so many things in life. Every, I, I'm not trying to have people not have fear. I'm just trying to create a movement of women that go on despite the fear. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been honestly like, It was when people ask about Fearless Girl, I'm like, honestly, it was an accident. I thought it was just me writing a book for fun. I thought maybe like (laughs) six people would buy it and all six copies would be my dad and nobody would be (laughs) encouraged. And every single week, we get tons of emails of girls all over the country, you know, doing this Bible study and doing this. And it's just really funny because it was all, I mean, the whole book was written basically on my phone in my notes section and I would (laughs) send it over to her, you know, and then we filmed this Bible study and everything felt so like, Um, just normal, you know, you don't think, oh, well, all these other people in ministry have these huge cameras and they have all this equipment and they have assistants and this, and we don't have any of that. And that's what I love about it is it's like, you know what, like we are so homemade and that is okay. We're like, eventually, of course, if we had the budget someday, I'd love to have nice things, but do what you can with what you got. So yeah. Yeah. So that's fearless girl basically initially started in the book and the online course has been a huge gift. And I'm in the process right now of writing my second book called fearless mama
1: Oh, nice. And
2: uh, I can share a little bit more about that later, but it's uh, obviously like motherhood and just what that all looks like and, you know, and yeah. just what that being a fearless moment actually looks like. So you can raise children that are able to, you know, move past fear from, if that's all they know, then they'll grow up fearless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to read that. That'll be really fun. Especially getting to kind of watch you like on Instagram. Yeah. through The process. Totally. So
2: that's cool. Yeah
1: yeah so you in order to get these kiddos you had to live in Africa
2: we did yes which was not a um not something we were planning on but it was like just the seriously the hardest but the best season of my life um do you want me to tell like this the, the yes, quick spark girls, just well, okay
1: you can take the long story. Like, tell us how this whole, okay. I mean, you said you, you felt called to be an yep. adoptive mama, but yep. how did that all play out? How long had you guys been yep. married? Like what, what yep. did that look like?
2: Yes. So we had been married a year and three months. Um, and it's a long story, but when we were married for six months, we, um, I, we just got back from the Philippines for a couple weeks and I found out I was pregnant and that was not a I mean, we always knew we wanted family and whatnot, but that wasn't like a plan. We weren't planning on that. And I ended up being in an ectopic pregnancy and it was a long, long, you know, very obviously traumatic um, story, but we ended up losing the baby. And so I had always had this plan in my heart, like, okay, the first three to five years, let's just be married. But when that happened, we were like, oh my gosh, that really opened our hearts to actually a family from a young age. And I honestly didn't, I kind of had just made the decision in my head, well, when I'm 27 then we'll start the conversation dad a family but for now let's just do you know the quote-unquote travel and all those yeah, things yeah. <laughs> you think you can't do without kids so anyway um one time on our trip we uh we were over in the Philippines doing uh, just for our work and um God really kept highlighting the orphan to us and we've been you know when we're dating we both knew it was a huge part but uh he just really kept highlighting it and uh we My husband and I started talking about it, and we're like, you know what? We never thought we'd be this young doing it. And just even everything that happened this summer with the baby, you know, my heart's just kind of starting to open to it. So let's just see, like, let's just keep moving forward and seeing what God is saying about it. And time went on, and just God kept bringing up all of these different things. And finally, after like four or five months of just really praying and dwelling on it, we felt the Holy Spirit say, Yeah, just go pursue after my heart. And we weren't in this crazy rush where we were like, Let's you know. Oh, let's do this. It was just like, okay, God, and you'll put pauses on the door. You'll open doors, whatever. Yeah. So, long story short, um, we were in the process. We started in Uganda originally. Being in the background that we're in, we're aware of how much uh, corruption is in the adoption community with human trafficking. There's mm. a lot of people that they'll say that they're orphans and then they'll get adopted and then they'll find out later that they weren't actually orphans and the parents, <sighs> you know. So there's a lot of corruption and since we're in that industry, we're aware of it. And so we just went really slow we were really cautious with which agency we went up with and asking certain questions expecting certain answers if they didn't answer that way then we're like okay that's not a good you know agency that we want to move forward with so um, anyway we ended up choosing Liberia you know I was 23 Zach was 24 wow. we were very young there's very little organization uh, like countries that will allow you to adopt yeah. so young and not only that but we're full-time missionaries for this organization. We both are raising 100% of our support. International wow. adoption starts around $45,000 per yeah. child. Um, and so the process was crazy. We never applied for two children. And we kept all these people, like our group of friends, they'd say, gosh, I don't know why, but I just feel like you're going to get twins. You're going to get uh, you know, two. I just, God keeps telling me two. And every time someone would say, yeah, I think you're gonna have two. I'd be like, "Well, you shut up! Yeah. Like you don't understand. <laughs> this is taking all the faith in the world for one, and you're trying to tell me that I'm gonna have two? Don't because it just is. You know, I was like, seriously, stop. Yeah. And so anyway, um, all of our paperwork, we put one child. All of our paperwork. You know, everybody asks if you're open to special needs, and on the box it says either qualified or unqualified. And every box we put unqualified. You know, we're not in a position right now where that's something that we feel like we'd really be graced for. And uh, unbeknownst to us, you know, months later, we end up getting uh, these photos of these two kids. And my husband had this role throughout the adoption process that when you get news, we have to take a week to pray about it. Because I'm the type that's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. You know, like instantly. I'm absolutely. We've been praying for this for months. Absolutely. And Zach's like, no, we cannot make an emotional decision (laughs) off of this. We need to sit and wait on the Lord. So they showed us these pictures of these two kids and, um, it's a long story, but basically they were already matched with someone else, but something had fallen through. And, um, since they were matched with someone else, they had been together their whole lives and they, they're not blood brother and sister, but uh, the agency just said, we, you know, these are just, you know, the current situation, blah, blah, blah. And my husband said, we're going to take 21 days to pray about it. And I'm like, 21 days, like, no way. I want to tell him like in an hour. Yeah. yeah. And so we took 21 days wow. and it was in that 21 days actually that the Lord even had birthed the fearless girl thing that with it was that span of time that um, I had had those conversations with Esther about fearless girl, a lot of different things. And so there's just a lot of movement within uh, our dreams and whatnot. And so um, I remember my first thought was they're not related. So it's going to be double the cost for these kids. And people are, don't understand. You know, we got a ton of uh, just negative messages through social media saying i can't believe it's so irresponsible of you to raise fundraiser this adoption you should be embarrassed and ashamed and whatever um and so it was just in a it was just a tough spot and so we had done a lot of fundraising through it you know everything i mean i was up till hours of the night applying for grants i would i'm not even a sewer and i was making these macramé trying to sell them i mean i was getting so creative i was like looking around the house like our first Payment. We pay, We sold our couch so that we could apply to adopt. Wow. And I remember for like three weeks, we just kept eating dinner on the floor. We're like, well, we don't have a couch, but hopefully, uh, you know, <laughs> by the time <laughs> the kids come home, they'll be raised without a couch. And yeah. So it was just a crazy, crazy, even financial journey of just like, you know, deadlines and God would always provide these crazy, I mean, anonymous donations, all this stuff. And so when they said two kids, we were like, oh my gosh, okay, like, this is crazy, but we just decided, all right, let's do it. And they told us that our son was, um, had some comp- health complications. And so, um, six days after we said yes to these two kids, we thought, we don't know how we're going to pay for this, but let's just do it. And let's just trust the Lord. We got this phone call and I was actually, um, at work and, um, this great organization, uh, responded and they said, we were so blessed by your story and just everything. And, um, that you fact that you said yes to two kids, we wanted to uh, let you know that we're going to give you grants and it's going to cover the cost of the second adoption. That's amazing. And I remember, yeah, I remember falling to my knees and never feeling the holiness of God. Like I had in that moment, like it was like the fact that God actually cares about a quote unquote orphan. I hate to even use that term because I really believe their child, you know, I hate to add that, yeah. but the fact that he actually cares in that He actually, that he really is the king of those that connects families. Like it just, all of a sudden I remember not even being the guy probably thought that's crazy. I was like, are you serious? And then three days after that, another organization. And then literally it was like within 10 days, we had gotten almost $45,000 in in these grants. And it was like, there's something about a like financial miracle, you know, and you're just like, Oh, so, anyway, um, a couple of weeks, I think it was a week and a half goes by, and we got a call from our um, agency, and who I, we just really respect, and they're so ethical. And they said, You know, uh, Eugene, Zach, you want to let you know your son mm-hmm. is really, really sick, and um, you know, think it's hepatitis B, and he has measles and pneumonia, and he's had malaria multiple times. That's just the nature of Liberia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just you to know. know there are a lot of health complications. So if you don't want to be forward, you know, with adopting him, we would understand. And it was like a no brainer. We were like, he's our son. No, like this is, yeah. you know, happening. But then it was this weight of this person on the other side of the planet that doesn't know me. And I don't know him yet, but I'm fully attached to this boy. I can't hold, I can't comfort. And yet he's definitely ill. You know, like yeah. what, how, how do you process that? How do you walk through that? What does that look like? And um, how do you trust God with that? You know, yeah. And he just honestly was like, um, it was just a new type of, um, obviously trust. And it was about from when we got matched to when we actually left for Africa, it was about I think seven months. Um, and we got on a one-way plane to Africa. That's we had crazy. no idea. Yeah. We had no idea how long we'd be there. We just, all the other p- families in process, one was in the process for nine years. Another one was five years. Like it's you know, the fourth poorest place on the planet, the Ebola breakout. You know, like it's just extremely unstable. Um, there was just so many things, and so as far as we were concerned, we were moving there for wow. an extended. Pre- we had no idea. I had never been a mom. You know, some people have just like motherly instincts, and I, I there are motherly instincts. I think I have, but when it comes to just things like what, like I'm like, what kind of bottle do I get? Like we, I was in the Philippines for seven weeks. And then I came home for four days and then we moved to Africa. So I bought everything on Amazon prime. I was like, I, you know, are they like, do I need formula? Like do babies eat formula still when they're 11 months old? And like, you know, and so yeah. it was just this, like, I, I wish I would have somehow recorded that season of my life because I remember just laughing my way through <laughs> like, I'm about to get the biggest prank of all time when they hand me this baby and I'm not going to know what to do. It. <laughs> you know, it was just so funny. And so, um, yeah, we get on a one-way plane to Africa and it was just absolute crazy. I, had, I have so much honor and just a deep love for obviously my children's home country. I got uh, deathly sick with malaria and typhoid and that was a whole uh, thing in itself. But, you know, our kids, it, they're, they were two very different attachment stories. Our son was very, very sick. He transitioned with us first because he was so sick. He needed one-on-one attention mm. and so, um, he just instantly loved us. It was like this weird thing, you know, it's very romantic idea with an adoption that you pray and hope for, but it's very rare that it yeah. actually happens. Yeah. And, um, anyway, he just, they handed him to Zach and instantly he just melted into Zach's chest and he just, it was honestly just really supernatural. And then the opposite with our daughter, oh. uh, it was just this journey of like being hit and being just like, just, she, it was such a journey. I remember being, I remember looking back and said, if I ever convinced you to let us adopt again, do not let me because I cannot stand this rejection. I cannot stand it. Uh. Like, you know, I didn't have any comfort of like anything. I, I couldn't Google methods of, you yeah. know, like I couldn't, Yeah, there's no resource other than the Holy Spirit. And so. Um, honestly, we were like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be consistent with feeding. So we're going to be consistent with bedtime structures and stories. And that is it. And we'll just hope and pray that over time she trusts that we'll provide for her. And then we'll hope that she loves us. And sure enough, um, it was about six to eight weeks of her just screaming. I mean, Zach would walk in the room and she would just like totally lose it. And, um, so.
1: And how old was she when you got her?
2: She was two years old and, uh, like five months and okay. then Lisa was and a half months when we got him. And so, uh, it was honestly a, still to this day, the biggest battle. And it's now you would, you would guess that I birthed this child. She yeah. is a, like <laughs> she's just like, I always tell everyone she's going to be either a gang leader or the president of Liberia. Cause she's got so <laughs> much passion and just leadership. Like she's yeah. just radical. This girl is amazing. And she mm-hmm. is, um, yeah, her name is Esther Birdwell and we call her Birdie and then our son is Asa Kingsman. Aww. And so, uh, long story short, it was a miracle. We got home in four months and that was something we were not expecting and it was a total gift. And we knew that our son was really sick and so when we got home that was our first priority to figure out what, what exactly is going on. And um, after being home for two and a half months, we finally, after multiple tests, found out our son was diagnosed with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And Wow. Um, I, I remember when they first told us that they thought he might have it. I remember thinking, I, I I didn't even know what it was, but I remember thinking I don't even need to learn how to spell it because he just won't have it. Like I just was convinced to myself, he yeah. won't have it. I don't know how to spell this. I don't need to research it. He is not going to have it. And um, you know, when he got the diagnosis, it was such a shock to me. We were at the airport getting ready to actually board a plane, and I, I honestly, it's so it's a terminal genetic illness, and it's um, mm-hmm. there's no currently no cure. And there's just a lot to it. And it's a very, very ugly, ugly disease with the nature of how it progresses. And, mm. um, I just honestly, the whole plan, I, I just wept and held oh. him like I'd never held. Him. And, um, so this whole process, like if you would have ever asked me, my biggest fear, it would have been that I would have a sick child and I don't I'm not sitting here claiming that I have this really sick child, but it's just, I say that to say the biggest obstacle my biggest fear is that I would be inadequate of a person to care and like mm. actually you know like yeah. and it's just been such a thing with God like it has been such a journey where he's like babe you are so qualified to love this boy you are so qualified to be his mom you are so qualified to You know, there's moments where I'm like, but God, I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to go do his blood again this week. I don't want to have to fly all over the country for these special doctors. And God's like, my glory is being displayed through this. Like in in the nastiest situation that I wouldn't ever ask on anybody, somehow God is meeting us in it. And it's been such a, (laughs) such a journey. I honestly get emotional thinking about it. So I. So he just our champion. He's the happiest little boy. He, um, you know, there's a lot of research going on with Dishin and, um, I've, uh, just learned how to just be patient with him and be, go at his pace. And, you know, we teach therapy for what it is. And we're just believing that God is going to honestly radically move it through doctors, through, you know, just whatever, however God wants to show up through his body and through this condition. We're believing for it. So, yeah. That's kind of our story of adoption and yeah. my kids, and all of that. Ladies, we're going to
1: get real for a second and we're going to talk about periods because this week's sponsor is Lola. You've heard me talk about them before because I'm pretty passionate about the things we're putting on our bodies and in our bodies, and a lot of times, feminine hygiene products are something that we don't really like to talk about or we don't even really think about. But let's think about it for a second. The FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products. So most of them don't major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products including rayon and polyester their feminine care products may also be treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents fragrances and dyes lola products are 100 percent pure organic cotton And beyond just being a great product that you don't have to worry about, Lola makes your month easier because it's a subscription service. It shows up right to your door. No more embarrassing, fumbling through, trying to get through a checkout line with some young teenage kid, you know what I mean? And the subscription is fully customizable, so you can choose your mix of products, your perfect fit for absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription service is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel at any time. It's founded by women, for women. Clearly they really thought of everything when they created their company. They're now offering pads and liners as well as non-applicator tampons for those looking for a more environmentally friendly option. I'm a huge fan of Lola. I think that my favorite thing is probably their panty liners. They're awesome and they come in a little package so that they're easy to slip in my purse. And I really think that you're going to like Lola's products too. So if you want to try it out, you can get 40% off all subscriptions when you visit mylola.com and enter the code LOVELY when you subscribe. Again, that's 40% off all subscriptions. That's huge. Just go to mylola.com and enter the code LOVELY to make your period a little bit easier. Even though you say like, oh, my life is so regular and everything, but it's not something most people experience. And then when you add in your mothering journey, it's like, wow, just to see someone (laughs) who's so committed and so on fire for the Lord that you've taken all these big radical steps in your life. And though I'm sure it can feel heavy at times, looking from the outside in, it's like what a beautiful masterpiece God is painting with your life with someone who's willing to be the paintbrush. Wow. It's, thank you It's just really really amazing to watch.
2: So I appreciate that so much.
1: yeah I was just I was so blown away when you spoke at the conference and it, you just you have that magnetic kind of personality where you're like you just want to know about this girl because how <laughs> yeah. how did she oh, do it you. But then it's so <laughs> evident that you just are so filled with God's love and you're so committed to following his leading that it's really inspiring to just get to witness. So it's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's really amazing. So what does a typical day look like for you guys?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, I guess it depends on what day of the week. Yeah. I have my amazing mother-in-law watches our kids three days a week. So then I can, um, you know, do a lot of the fearless girl stuff that we're building and rebranding and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll just say the days where they're not, let's just say the morning of a Thursday, this morning we woke up. This doesn't always happen, but my husband made coffee and had the kids make pancakes and brought me breakfast in bed because I watched full wow. dark until four <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> so, so I just can't um, they help it. Coffee. No, I can't. I can't help it. So I um, I never watch movies that late. I'm usually to bed so so early. But um yeah, so we woke art. up made breakfast. I know. And I had my, what I do is I make sure that the kids are used to reading books in the morning. I don't want to get in this rhythm of anything else. And so while I read my Bible, our our kids will get, I mean, they have a little Bible, but they're like totally not into that. they get some type of picture book. And so we all sit there and just um, cultivate a little bit of silence and private time. And then we all eat breakfast usually. And then depending on the day, usually on Thursdays, we try and do something fun I'm trying to get creative with, I, I felt really convicted because I'm not the most creative mom on earth, oh,
1: but I don't I know really if that needs wasn't. to be convicted over. <laughs> Let's give ourselves some grace there.
2: <laughs> For sure. Well, I just, sometimes I just resort to being just the lazy, you know, and so we basically, we have gotten all these garage sale items this summer where we can sit at a table and be artistic. And so um, today it looked like having a keyboard. So Asa had a keyboard, Birdie did a painting. It was really fun. Then we went to go play with a friend. Usually, we try and get some um, social time with some friends during the week. Then we have lunch, we have naps. Then sometime in the afternoon, usually depending on like my crazy meter, how crazy I am, we go to Target at least three times a week just with the kids. <laughs> so then they understand that is the place. Um, Bernie, if you ask her, if you ask my daughter what her dream day is, she'll say I want to go to Starbucks, I want to go to Target, and then I want to go to Chick Fil A. And I'm like, you are so basic. That is not even. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll usually just run some errands, and then, um, yeah, and then we always have family dinner on Mondays and Wednesdays. We don't plan anything, so then we can make sure as a family we're spending time together. And then usually some type of bedtime story, and then bed. I try to put them to bed by eight thirty, so that I can have a solid like two hours to myself before yeah. uh, going down. But that's our normal, average, not sexy, mundane life.
1: <laughs> but there was something I saw on Insta Stories recently that I was like, "Dang, girl!" So you don't put your kids down for a nap at the same time?
2: I don't. I don't. Well, I try not to. Today I did because I had to call you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, usually I put my son down at like twelve thirty maybe sometimes 12 and then I'll ha- have at least 30 to 45 minutes with just birdie by herself. And then I'll put birdie down and that's then usually they end up picking up at the same time. <laughs>
1: amazing. Amazing. <Yeah. laughs>
2: How long have you yeah. been on that schedule? <laughs> well, I would say uh, <laughs> maybe like four or five months, but wow. it's not always executed. It's yeah. just, I mean, some days in a perfect world, that's what I love to do just because Um, you know, Asa gets so much of our attention because he just needs so much extra help. And so um, with our daughter, Birdie, it's like we have to intentionally make sure we're carving out private time with her. And for example, today is her first day of gymnastics and she starts school this week. So right before I called you, we just got back from Target. She picked out her clearance gymnast outfit (laughs) and she is so excited. And so uh, we just make sure to plan things where we can take just Birdie. So then it's like, this is for you. You know, our daughter's like an Olympic athlete, and then our son has these special needs, isn't it all, you know, really yeah. behind motor skills and, you know, everything. He can't jump. And so it's such a hard balance to really, really serve our daughter with her gifts and yeah. then really be able to um, be patient with our son because he wants to do those things, but he can't. Yeah. So um, it's a tension that we haven't learned to execute quite yet, but it's always <laughs> trial and error and just getting her enrolled in all the extra stuff that we can. has been a huge, huge, huge huge change so
1: yeah well you're doing an amazing job of it and that <laughs> that goodness is goodness. serious intentional mothering to to because most moms it. are just like nap time man I swear by that nap time totally. and I'm not dogging on anybody because I I do <laughs> oh, a lot of sure. the time you know it was yeah, like and I do too yeah <laughs> God's you know light shone down when I could get all my children asleep or occupied oh. at the same time in the afternoon well you, know?
2: you have four I think I do. two is like you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, and
1: they're a range of ages, so it wasn't like I ever had all four of them asleep at the same time. Oh, well, yeah, that yeah. You should get
2: like a world record for that. No. That's crazy.
1: Well, they're you know, once they get older, they're more like they can be self-sufficient, and you know. So it's, I can't
2: uh, wait. Yeah. I'm so excited for that day. I can't wait till Birdie can start changing diapers. I try and train her, right. and then it's just a mess. I'm like, Bertie, come on. You've got got this girl. Help me raise this boy. Yeah,
1: no kidding. I know. And now it's like, I've got a 12 year old, and then you're looking at the three year old, like, come on already.
2: Like, seriously, are you just advanced? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But so, So what does the future look like for you guys? Do you think you will adopt more, or are you even looking down that road yet? Totally.
2: Yeah, I I would love, my husband and I would love to adopt more. Uh, I always say, my rule is that I, I want to ha- always have a Suburban. I don't want to have to get a 12-passenger van. Yes. So um, now that it's like man-to-man defense, I can't imagine going to zonal defense and having yeah. any more quite yet. Yeah. Um, I think that we'll probably um have children biologically probably in the next two or three years. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. And then eventually we would love to adopt. Um, you know, I have a huge heart for domestic adoptions too. And, and, you know, obviously I've done almost all of my work in Asia. So yeah. I think that we'll just have a little melting pot of culture in our family. That's what we've always dreamed of, but I love it's that. just funny how you can feel the grace because um, we get that all the time. People always ask us, are you guys going to adopt again? And the feeling of peace, like you know, obviously the peace of God, when you're like, I, like when we started the adoption process, we were like nothing, uh, you know, despite all the opinions we were like, God is telling us to do this. Yeah. But right now, if I said, you know, let's go, let's just see what happens. I feel total anxiety. I feel like there is like no peace in like that right now so it's just so it's so interesting how that is navigating family and all that kind of stuff but yeah yeah I absolutely. think we'll definitely grow as a family in the next uh two or three years every single night before we go to bed birdie prays for a baby to be on my tummy and I'm like Aww. careful the prayers of a the of a yeah. child is very scary <laughs> oh, that's hilarious so, yeah we'll see but it will be a blessing whenever it happens, but we're not in any rush to add any more uh, you know, mouths to feed right now. Yeah,
1: that is so funny because when I was trying to get pregnant with my first daughter, I would always tell my son at the time who was five, like, God, here's the prayers of small children. Pray for a sister. Yeah. Please pray for Probably. a sister. <laughs> totally. They're dangerous for sure. Yeah, that's
2: funny. So okay, funny.
1: so how are you currently cultivating loveliness in this wildlife of yours?
2: Oh my goodness. Cultivating loveliness. First off, I love that term. Even when you preached at the conference, I was like, Oh, I just want to get tattooed on my face, but (laughs) uh, cultivating loveliness. I think, um, in this season of my life, there are so many things that are, um, you know, really, really lovely. And even through social media seems so, so beautiful. But right now for me to continue being lovely as a mom or as a wife or as a friend or whatever, I am learning the holiness of silence. And so we've been, my husband and I have been doing this thing where when we wake up the first 10 minutes, we are fully silent. We Mm -hmm. don't look at our phone. We don't go to the kids because we hear them crying. We are fully, fully silent. And it has been such a game changer just to slow our heart down and just to slow our mind down. I'm always thinking 900 different things at a time. I'm a scatterbrain. I want to think I can multitask and I never do. And, you know, and so as... Uh, Again, unsexy as it sounds, (laughs) how I'm cultivating loveliness right now is just really, really grasping my first 10 minutes of silence in the day and just allowing my mind to be a place, okay, just silent. And then I can enter into my reading time. I can pray. I can um, do these things where I'm engaging um, you know, with with the Lord. But it's like I'm going to be silent, and I'm just going to breathe, and it's going to be really, really special, and it's going to just allow my mind to just— you know, yeah. embrace this and start the day off well. So that's really good. That, yeah. And the other thing I would say cultivating loveliness is um eating. <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I are doing the keto and I am not a person that does that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it's challenged me to learn how to get creative with yeah. um just like, you know, feeding our family. Yep. And so it's been yep. actually a fun challenge. I again I'm not really killing it in that area either. <laughs> but just being like, okay, wow, well, let's do this. Okay, and the kids can help me. I don't have to do it by myself. And yeah. So silence and food, baby. That is how I'm go cultivating you. loveliness.
0: <laughs> I like
1: it. Yeah, yes. neither one is particularly easy, but good for you for, for sure. giving it a good go round. Well, I think how I am currently cultivating loveliness, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say because things have been so crazy and I, we're right. I mean, my kids started school the, today, the day that we're recording this. So by the time it comes out, hey, it'll be yeah. a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, this is the first time ever we've been homeschoolers up until now. And there's been getting my new podcast out and keeping the old podcast rolling and yes. like really trying to, now that they're in school, like, okay, mama's got to step up to the plate and do even more to try to provide for us. And so... There's a lot of juggling and just kind of figuring out. And at the same time, so I've been going to counseling for the past year after coming out of my very difficult marriage. Love it. And yes. my counselor said, like, you're done. Like, you've totally done what you came here to do. You're graduated. I'm shoving you out of the nest. And I think I really do feel like I had done so much hard work and so much Like grappling with what is true and what is not and what is -hmm. true about myself and, you know, what is true about God and all of those things Mm -hmm. that was so good and so needed to happen. I think she was right. I really grappled with a lot of those things. But... I had really come to rely on that hour a week that I knew was kind of set aside where I was going Mm -hmm. to sort out all of my emotions from the past week and everything that had happened. And so now not having that, it's kind of having to take responsibility for that in a bigger way and realize like, I still need that time to sort everything in my brain. And so I've been trying to pick up my journal a little bit more and just like even if it's 10 or 15 minutes or whatever, allowing myself to write down all the things that are on my mind or what emotions I'm feeling or what things I've been confronted with and just really not just letting them build up or become confusing or chaotic, but really trying to still take that time to sort things out and remember what truth is and... It's not always so easy, good. but I think it's really necessary to do that. And I don't even think I realized how necessary it was until I didn't have that set aside hour every week. So, yes, that's been really good. That's so good. good.
2: Yeah. Yes. And like you'll look you back on the season and be like, wow, the, the loveliest in that season was fought for. That's yes. just so powerful.
1: Yes. Very, very fought for. Okay. Are you ready for the stock questions?
2: Yes, let's do it.
1: All right, candles or essential oil diffuser.
2: Oh, both, or do I have to pick one?
1: You can say both.
2: It's not. The first <laughs> I, guess time. I do
1: both. I know. <laughs> it's hard to choose. Okay, cloth I know. napkins or paper.
2: Oh, paper.
1: Okay, that was an easy one. <laughs> city or country.
2: Oh, that's a hard one. I'm gonna go with city.
1: Okay, paper or digital.
2: I'm gonna go with paper. Come okay. on,
1: school. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store?
2: Ooh, that's hard. Probably online because then I have more time to watch Netflix. And <laughs> <old art. laughs>
1: so true. Okay, it's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner, and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music?
2: Uh, usually, always a
1: podcast. And what are some of your favorites?
2: I listen to Christine Kane and Lisa Bevere and the Gold Digger, uh, Jenna Kutcher podcast uh, weekly.
1: Okay. Awesome. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark?
2: Milk. Totally.
1: Okay. Sports or no sports?
2: 100% sports.
1: All right. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch?
2: Oh, that's hard. Probably broadcast. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Titanic.
1: Ooh, I don't think anybody said that.
2: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: That's fun. How old were you when Titanic came out?
2: I was uh, seven years old, and okay. I <laughs> and I went to the theater 13 times to see it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Which is like, I know I can't believe, actually, that my parents allowed it.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. I was heading into the eighth grade, so.
2: Oh, my gosh, yeah. that's awesome.
1: Yep. Okay, where would you put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum? If zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your. Hair?
2: Oh, oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, I'm gonna have to say that the scale of what one to ten or zero to ten. Oh zero to 10. Okay, I'm gonna have to say that I'm a four because okay. you know I do own a pair of chacos. And I did live in Africa and I do love, you know, all those things I can totally get by. And but eating I keto. Were, yes, totally eating keto, but um, non-crunchy because I do love, you know, a good pair of jeans and heels and wearing makeup. So right, right down the middle four.
1: All right. That sounds good. Well, thank you so much. It was such a joy to hear your story, Ebi. I really appreciate you coming on.
2: Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you for, just honestly, I'm honored. I'm so, so honored. So hopefully it won't be the last time. Yes,
1: hopefully not. It was really fun to chat with you. Yes. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Isn't Evie such a hoot and she's super inspiring as well. So if you want to find links to all of her things and where she's at and make sure you definitely find her on Instagram you can go over to our show notes at boldturquoise.com forward slash zero eight two to get all of those links. And I'm sure she would love to really hear from you and be able to connect with you also. Thanks for leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes, ladies. They make such a difference. Tell your friends about the show. Get them involved. And if you haven't hopped over to the same page yet, you're definitely gonna wanna go listen to it with your kids. We are getting so many great responses and I would love for it to be able to be a staple in your life as well. So look for the same page, on iTunes, Stitcher, all those great places. And you can also find it at the pagepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, ladies. I love getting to be a part of your lives in this very small way, and I love hearing from you. I've had so much fun chatting with a lot of you on Instagram lately. We've been having a lot of good back and forth and questions and answers. It's been a blast. So if you haven't found me on Instagram, then make sure you head over and look for at Mackenzie Coppa. I would love to see you there. Okay, until next time, go be bold and gracious.